Hi, it's a Tuesday morning. I want to do this before I teach. Um, I'll take a look at the Parshas Trumo, uh, which is being sponsored by Ari and Heather Elbaum, uh, very generously in honor of Voshalema for years truly. I'm getting there, Baruch Hashem, little by little. Hope to actually be in Florida for the weekend uh, in Boca on, I guess, Friday and Shabbos at Zev Raiden's, just recuperating. And then on Sunday in Miami to do a chasana for Yoni Hoffman, actually. It's a big deal. Yoni and Atita Hoffman. Uh, future Yoni and Atita Hoffman. Anyway, uh, Precious Truma, all of a sudden we're introduced to the to the Mishkan as we know every year. And the question, of course, is, as I've said before, and many do, what exactly is the shop for the Mishkan? And perhaps it's a function of when it was said. Um, as you know how the parshas go, so there are a little, you know, there's a lot of in mukta mukhma because things are in order, out of order. It's never clear, which I believe many of you are familiar with. And uh, so you have the story of the Exodus from Egypt, that's Bon Bishalach. and then you have the Ten Commandments. Yisro, it's not clear where it fits in, but the Ten Commandments. Okay, so that takes you up to Shavuos. And then you have Mishpatim. It's not clear where that is. But at the end, Moshe goes up for 40 days and 40 nights. So that's clearly coming subsequent to Shavuos. So uh, when he goes up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and he comes down finally with the two tablets um, on Shavuos of Thomas, so that's supposed to be the culmination of the mountain tower, and of course the Jews downstairs screwed up by making a golden calf. So that's pretty much the the uh, chronology. Agreed? Now, uh, okay, that tells you, like, in other words, the end of last uh, uh, Parsha, you know, Mishpatim, in other words, therefore was that uh, Moshe was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, correct? Isn't that what it says? That's how you read the two words together, the two sukkim together, you juxtapose them. And so, the plain meaning of this is, plain way of reading it is, that this, the command to build a Mishkan, etc., takes place when Moses is in the cloud, during the 40 days and 40 nights, when he's getting ready to get the two tablets, and God commands them, as part of the getting of the Torah, that you're going to come down with two tablets, with two luchos, and I want you to have a place to put the luchos. And the place to put the luchos is going to be called the Mishkan. It's got an aron, a box to hold them in, and the aron will be surrounded by appropriate furniture, and so on and so forth. That is certainly a way to do it. If you look at the Das Balitosis. And the Cheskuni, who's just repeating what they say. So, you know, it's the Parsha Zu Nemer Batochar Boim Shaimi Matan Torah. Within the 40 days and 40 nights. Fitzivoa Kadish Brachel Hechan Manichem Shiyasa Mishkan Kacha Kachan Batocha Aram, Batocha Aram Haluchos, Basham Tishra Shrina, Visrael Savikum Malachim Savikis Yakabad Shrina Benayim. And so it'll be something. Uh, so basically, God is saying, when you come down, You'll uh, have two tablets, and you'll immediately order everybody to construct the appropriate furniture to hold the tablets. Because, you know, if I give you a gift, you have to have a place to put it. 
and uh, it's going to be done in a very special way. There's all these rules and regulations about how the Mishkan should be constructed, and all those will be in some sort of symbolism. The easiest symbolism, I suppose, is like the Ramban famous intro, which is a classic to this parsha, and he kind of says the same thing, right? And uh, the key point, if I understand the Ramban correctly, is it should always be some kind of replica of the Mount Sinai experience. Get it? And this would, you know, be associated with the idea that the Jews said on Mount Sinai, as we all know, we can't handle this unmediated experience of God. Look in Vashanan. They tell Moshe, you take over and be the intermediary. You know, the first two they heard, the others they had to get through Moshe and all that. If we hear this in an unmediated fashion, we'll die. Either the the the, the sound and light show will will be too much for them, or else, if you want to be a little more sophisticated, contemplating what we saw is going to be too much for the average person. Maybe for anybody, but certainly for the average Jew, even with their high madrega, because you're talking about penetrating into the essence of the paradox of, you know, how can God speak or, you know, communicate in some way and how can he concentrate his essence when God is everywhere and makes everything happen and there's beyond time and space, et cetera, et cetera, that whole thing. Happened to see a chapter on that just coincidentally yesterday or two days ago in an Ephesachayim, you know, where he keeps saying, but don't think beyond this, mala, 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 mata, malifni, malachor, and it's also to even contemplate that, you know, you'll freak out. So here, the Jewish people are told, you'll have a Mishkan. And the Mishkan will be some sort of a material, uh, mediated experience of God. And, you know, you'll, you can see the Shekhinah there in some form, but it won't harm you, and something along those lines. So that is certainly one way of understanding this. And that means that they already had the command to build a Mishkan when he came down on... Um, she was a Thomas. Had they not made a golden calf, they would have immediately began construction of the Mishkan. So they would have the two tablets. I guess Moshe would keep them in his tent or something. Like, where would they be? And meanwhile, the people would get to it, and they would construct the Mishkan, which probably would have taken place, you know, she was a Thomas, approximately Tishabov, something like that, Right? You know, maybe a little bit later, maybe something along those lines. And then, the reason I say this is because, according to our tradition, they started the Mishkan right after Yom Kippur, and they finished on Hanukkah. So, you know, something along those lines. And, I mean, in terms of time, how long it takes to construct it. And uh, and then everything would have been fine. The only thing is they screwed up, they made a golden calf. That delayed everything by another 80 days. And they can only go and, and undertake to do so, you know, after Lukashnias. You know, that that's the way you understand the Smichas Aparshas if you go according to that Mahalach. So again, you can see in Daski and Balitosis, you can see it in Chizkuni, see in other places like that. On the other hand, uh, on the other hand, there, as I repeat, so this whole command of Parshas Truma is said during the 40 days and 40 nights that Moshe was up there on the mountain getting the Luchos Rishonos. However, um, it's interesting that I see the Bechor Shor 
who is one of the Balitosas, but he usually is a dissenter. Right? He kind of does things his, his own way. So, um, he says, Zos HaParsha Nemra Betoch Arboim Yom HaAchronim Sheyemoshim Mamten Asaluchos Betzivu LaKadosh Baruch HaLeichen Yanichem So he says, no, the Mishkan was was something that happened as a function of the breaking of the first tablets and the getting of the second tablets. Uh, there was no command during the 40 days and 40 nights to build a Mishkan. Moshe would have come down with the two luchas, where would he have put them? People would have been a high madrega. When the matter where you put them, I suppose, the people would have followed the, what it says in the, in the Ten Commandments. Would have been a different scenario, a different story. It's a very interesting way of looking at it. Of course, we know that didn't happen. And so what was the result? 40, 40, and 40, as I always say. That the getting of the final luchas was a 120-day business. 40 days and 40 nights to get the first luchos. And then, of course, he smashes them, as we all know, in Shabbos of Thomas. Another 40 days to pray to God not to kill the Jews. So God said, get out of the way, I'm going to kill them. And Moshe, by Echal and all that, you know, Lomayom and Mitzrayim. So that second set of 40 days goes from Shabbos of Thomas until the end of the month of Av. And by that, and, and, and that was the time when Moshe calmed God down, so to speak. And God said, I'm not going to kill him at the end. Okay. But he didn't want to give him another set of tablets. And he didn't want to have much to do with them. He knows, let's put it this way, he'll have a cold relationship. And therefore, Moshe goes up the third set of 40 days from Rosh Elul until what you and I today call Yom Kippur, the 10th of Tishrei, in which he persuades God to, um, you know, he dives, he begs, this, that, and the other, to give it a second shot and give it the second luchos, the second tablets, as we all know the story. So the Bechor Shor suggests, nobody knows, he suggests that the command to build a Mishkan was communicated by Hashem to Moshe up on the mountain, praying away to get him a second luchos and give him a second chance to, to restore a, a more warm aspect to relationship between Hashem on the one hand and Kali all the sinners on the other. That's actually very interesting, very original. It doesn't say when during those 40 days. I repeat, the 40 days start from uh, Rosh Chodesh El and they culminate on the 10th day of Tishrei. Somewhere along the lines, Hashem says also, Mishkom Meshachanti Besochon. Then that means that um, the tish, Yom Kippur was not entirely unexpected. The regular way of reading this is that Moshe prays his head up for 40 days and 40 nights. And you'll remember he told the people downstairs, blow the shofar, don't make another golden calf, please, when I'm up there. And everybody was fasting and this and that and the other. And they daven, 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 until finally... On the 40th day, Hashem relents. And he says, okay, you know, Hashem says, okay, darn it, I'll give it a second chance. Although this time, you carve him out. I'm not going to carve him out like the first time. 
In other words, even when he gives the second tablets, it's not exactly the same as it was the first time. But Moshe will take what he can get, and therefore, the surprises, the light, whatever, when the 40th day, things change from din to rachmim, to use the fancy language. On the 40th day, Hashem says, I'll give you a second luchos. Um, it's okay with me. Then the question becomes, so where does the Osili Migdash, Bihili Truma, where does all that fit in? So the Bechor Shor says it happens, Besoch Arbaim Yamachronim, which is a little strange, but it made me think of something. And this is, I think, a good word. I just hope I remember in six months from now, or whenever it is, eight months from now. I'll tell you where I'm coming from. Uh, Moshe is up there for 40 days and 40 nights. And he gets the second tablets, as we know, in the 10th day of Tishrei. As a result, the 10th day of Tishrei becomes eternally Yom HaKippurim forever. Since it was the day when God forgave the Jews and demonstrated by giving them a second tablets, so okay, so that'll be the day of atonement for after afterwards. This is what Hashem says, not me. Right? You know, this will be the day of atonement. So it makes sense because the anniversary of a good event. A famous question is, so where does Rosh Hashanah come from? Right? Where does Rosh Hashanah come from? Rosh Hashanah is not part of the story. Moshe was up the first 40 days, the second 40 days, and the 30, and the third 40 days. There's no nothing happened on the first of Tishrei. You see? Nothing happened on the first of Tishrei. And this is something to Rishonim and all that try to deal with. Uh, there are various suggestions. You look at the Ron at the end of Rosh Hashanah. You know, maybe it goes back to Adam and Eve and all that. A little bit shvach. But okay. You know, that's where they come from. The reason it's shvach is because there's nothing in this story to indicate anything special about the first of Tishrei, which was 30 days after Moshe starts to pray the third time. Oh, but in get you confused. So that's pretty just interesting. Now, here's what it struck me with. The Ron, in the back of Rosh Hashanah, and I did this uh, this past Rosh Hashanah on the podcast. The Ron in the back of Rosh Hashanah is famous because he, he grapples with this issue. Right? Ron's always, you know, um, uh, what's he saying? The Ron is always very uh, logical, very interesting. I'm serious. And he says, uh, you know, if you say, if you say the world was created in Tishrei, so all right, you know, you do Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah is historically the beginning of creation of the world. I'll review Yeshua in the realm, but if it's Nisan, the world's created in Nisan, which is Rabbi Yeshua, then what's so special about Rosh Hashanah being a Yom Adin? It's not the anniversary of the creation of the world. Then you can give me something to do with the Adam and Eve story, as they do. But if it's on Nisan, what has it got to do with anything? Okay? So, uh, one way is to say, you know, this answer and that answer. Um, you know, get a, get, get a preparatory for uh, the upcoming Yom Kippur. All right, I mean, we've all heard these answered before. But Duran then says something very interesting by way of a suggestion. The Efsher, Ode, 
The Ron suggests that that Moshe was praying for forty days and forty nights, and it wasn't exactly as I said before the way you ordinarily understand the story. You saw God start to break the buckle, right? One way is to say, imagine Hashem being an angry person. So I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm begging, I'm begging, I'm begging, and there's no response. And then in 40 days, without any warning whatsoever, he says, all right, I forgive you. That's one way. He, the other way is to say, I'm asking, I'm asking, I'm begging, I'm begging, I'm begging. And then all of a sudden, you start to see a slight change in the facial expression. And then, very slight, and then a little bit more. And then a little bit more over time. Until by the time the process ends, the facial expression has changed. And from anger, you see... And mercy and compassion. So, even it's a little bit funny, but nevertheless, you said, in other words, the plain meaning way of reading this is that the Ron is suggesting that Moshe Rabbeinu discerned with his great Navua that Hashem is starting to crack and he's getting there and it's going to end happy and he's going to get a second tablet. But you wouldn't have known it. So, so the Midas, to use the religious language, the, 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 the Midas Adin is still there. You don't see the Mizrachim so much, except in a very slight way after 30 days of praying. But the slight way is very significant because it means the Midas Adin is weakening and it's going to be taken over by Mizrachim, even if it's a half a percent. Because it means, to use medical language, the patient has turned a corner. Right, you know you're 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 sick. You're sick. You have fever and all the rest. And then all of a sudden you see a slight improvement. And the doctor says, "Okay, from here on, it's a good prognosis." Uh, my father was in uh, Dachau in the war, and forty-five, and he was three quarters dead, four fifths dead. And he told me this, and this nurse, whatever the Americans, uh, put him in a in a hospital. And his stomach wasn't working, and so we can just imagine under the Germans. And yet his body was just not working. And, you know, wherever he ate came out and things like that, which was true of many people. And uh, and many died during the, the recuperation process. And I forget how many weeks it was till finally he gained a face a quarter of an ounce. You know what I mean? Like a tiny, tiny bit. And he said, and the doctors and the nurses threw like a little party in the military hospital. Why? From here on, it's 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 a, a smooth sailing, because since you turned the corner, now the body's working. So if it if it if it gained a, a, a quarter, an eighth of an ounce, a tiny bit, it means now tomorrow's going to be two ounces and three ounces. You know what I mean? Now it's going to be a steady improvement, and and that's what it was. So knows he came close to death's door, but then he turned around at the last minute. So similarly, Hashem was all angry, he's going to kill everybody, and then afterwards he's not going to kill him, but he won't give him second tablets. And then you start to see a slight crack. He started to be appeased to Moshe. And it culminated on Yom Kippur. Now, this sounds like the Bechor Shor. I'll tell you what I mean. And I don't know if anybody says this, but I suggest it. 
if you go this way, that uh, he says, but he doesn't say when. So I would say Rosh Hashanah. So the scenario would then go like this. They have the Luchas Rishonas, and then they break them. And then Moshe spends 40 days calming God down not to kill him. Then he goes for another 40 days to get a second Luchos. He's davening away, and um, what does it mean that God started being Misrazim? How do you know that? On Rosh Hashanah, which was after 30 days of round three, Hashem says, Hashem starts talking and commanding him about building a building. Well, if you're going to build a building, it's going to be for a purpose. And what's the purpose? It's going to house something. What's it going to house? It's going to house the, the second tablets. What second tablets? There are no second tablets. Oh, you see, Hashem is already, you know, thinking, okay, we'll give him a second tablet. We'll, we'll give it a second shot. We'll give it a second try. Uh, and so if that's the case, then according to the B'chor Shor, is one of the Balitosis, uh, w- what exactly happened to Rosh Hashanah? Pashas um, Truma, the command of the Mishkan. Uh, why is the Mishkan given before the, um, the, t- the tablets themselves? I guess you say something along the lines that uh, I'm going to give you second tablets, but make sure you take care of them, not like the first time. You see? First of all, morally, everybody should not make another golden calf. And also, don't break them. <laughs> you know? So I'm telling you beforehand that pretty soon I'm going to give you what you want. Not yet. Pretty soon I'm going to give you what you want. But I want you to have in, in, in mind that it's going to be housed properly. And perhaps Hashem says that uh, since it's the second tablet, they already showed they messed up the first time, the proper casing and the proper housing is a necessary element of an, of an inspiring a certain uh, a fear and respect among the people so that when they see what is a somewhat splendid structure, Sahova, Chesim, and Echoshes, Utrechis, Vargoma, and all the rest of it, uh, they'll say, you know, and all of it is built around the idea of housing the Aron in the Kodesh Kadoshim, then housing the Ten Commandments properly, so something is, is uh, encased in such a proper and fancy schmancy situation, it must be Chashev. Okay? It's not just two tablets, it must be Chashev. Um, and so, Yes, in a few days you're going to get what you want. But I'm telling you now, make sure it's properly uh, treated, uh, both physically and otherwise. And that would fit in. In other words, if that's the case, the Rosh Hashanah is the anniversary of the of Parshish Truma and Tetzav and all these other things. Now, what happens, of course, is that 10 days later they get the tablets. So Moshe can come down until that time he's up at the mountain. And what's the, what happens right then after that? They hit the ground and they by Yaakov, you know, they hit the ground and start working on the Mishkan. Uh, this keeps everybody busy uh, till 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 Hanukkah, as you know. Um, maybe it's also partly a kapara, you know, for the eagle or something like that. According to this, because they gave so much gold for the eagle, so Hashem wants to see will will they give enough gold for the for the Mishkan? But that's another schmooze. The basic idea is. 
that uh, you, you by 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 circumspection, by not speaking directly, God's already giving the the hinting that the uh, that the final kapar is going to come. In other words, that the second luchos will be given, and you'll have a yom kippurim. Uh, if that's the case, then indeed Rosh Hashanah would be intimately associated with the Mishkan, with the base of Migdash. Um, I haven't thought that one through yet. I'm sure some clever pulpit rabbi can build a good speech around that. Uh, but I think I would suggest that I'm on to something. And if you connect this Bechor Shor with this Ron in the uh, in the first paragraph of Rosh Hashanah, uh, I think you come up with a good shot. Anyway, I want to thank Ari and Heather for sponsoring this very nicely. Don't have anybody yet for to, for the Haftorah. So let's see if somebody wants to come forth uh, to sponsor the Haftorah. But meanwhile, I wish everybody a good week. Thank you very much.